We find our scripture reading today in the Gospel of Matthew, the 11th chapter, the 16th through 19th verse, and the 25th through the 30th verse. Hear these words. It's Jesus speaking. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What's your image of God? Honestly, that's what Jesus is asking in this text. He's saying, what is your image of God? Do you side with John, the, the Baptist, who was out in the desert and he was harsh and, and God was harsh and, and he was just a man of, of the wilderness? Or do you flip the coin completely and you have a God of Jesus who is completely compassionate and loving and sits with everybody and welcomes everybody? Or is your image of God somewhere in between that? Somewhere of a rule maker, justice God to keep you in line, but yet a God who calls you to love all people. Just exactly where is your image of God? And where, might I ask, does that image fit for you in your life? I think that's probably the greater question of the text today is not only what is your image of God, but where does that play in your life? Where where do you have that? Is it on a bookshelf? Is it hanging above the fireplace? Is it in a dusty Bible that's on the coffee table or the bedside table that you need to dust off? Or is God eternally part of your life? Is God that breath that you breathe when you get up in the morning and, and you feel the fresh air and you're not quite ready to get out from under the covers, but yet you know there's an essence of being and you breathe and you know that essence is God and you live for that essence all day? I think somewhere in society we have to decide who God is and how God lives in our lives. And we people of faith strive to do that in all that we do. But the question is, how far will you go? The question is not only who your God is or what, he, what your God looks like or where your God is in life, but what are you willing to do to manifest that God in your lives? I was in a conversation recently with some people talking about things we would do and things we would not do. 
And one of the topics came up that I would love to do. And they said, would you jump out of a plane? And of course, the argument was, no sane fool would jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Well, claim me insane. Because I would love to launch myself out of an airplane. I would love to jump just once from thousands of feet in the air and overlook the creation of God. And know that eventually we would get to the ground. I, I, I would just think it would be wonderful to, to have that vision of the whole encompassing picture. And then as you get closer and closer and closer, it narrows down to the very spot where you're going to land. That very spot where you're going to touch ground with reality again. You're going to move from the reality of the plane to the experience of the air. And then one way or another, the reality of touching the ground. However graceful that may be. And I think our relationship with God is kind of like that. Because there are a lot of us who jump out of the plane of spirituality even without a chute. And we find ourselves crying out to God because we think we can handle life on our own. And we can do things our way. And we can still say this God who sits above our fireplace or this God who is in our Bible in our bedside table covered in dust, that this God still loves me even though I'm in charge of what I want to do in my life because I just jumped out of that plane of spirituality by myself. And what we find is that sometimes the landing is a little rough. We find that when we do that, the landing is a little rough and we become weary. Some of us become broken. Some of us become tired. Some of us become worn out. And Jesus says this, come to me. Come to me. You see, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and tired. Because God's going to prove God's self in your life. Wisdom is proved through her actions. God is going to prove God's self in your life if we come to Jesus. If we come to understand that when we jump out of that plane, if you know the, the legalities of the day, if you know the restrictions of the day, if you've ever gone onto the internet and researched jumping out of an airplane or parachuting or whatever you want to call it, skydiving I think is the, is the new term they use these days, you don't do it alone. In fact, you can't do it alone. You can go through school, you can train, and, and you can learn everything you're supposed to learn, but you will not jump solo out of a plane the first time you leave a plane. Do you know that? Regulations will not let a human being jump solo for the first time out of a plane without being what they call tandem jumping. How about that? Maybe that's something we as people of God need to understand. Maybe that's something we as people of God need to listen to in the text today. God doesn't ask us to face this world alone. God doesn't ask us to get up every morning and breathe that breath of spirituality, that deep breath of Holy Spirit, and answer the call to go into the world and make a difference in the world by loving others as we have been loved. God doesn't ask us to do that alone. Because when we do, we grab our image of God and we go out into the world. 
And some of us, that image of God is so comforting, we're, we're not even challenged. We walk through the day and we think we're living in, in God's image because God's image is our image. But God asks us to get up and breathe every morning and get to the edge of the plane door and remember that God is with us. We are strapped to God. When you're first going to jump out of an airplane, you have to be strapped to a certified instructor. Your harness is linked to their harness. You're standing in front of them and they they school you on the correct position of which to exit the plane and the correct position in which to float through the air and how to move your hands to steer where you're going. And they're the ones. They're the ones who pull your chute. They're the ones who make sure the equipment works. They're the ones who are in charge of your fall. They're the ones who are in charge of the journey from the time you prepare yourself in the plane to the time you go out of the plane to the time you land on earth and are detached from the chute. It's the same thing in our lives. It's the same thing in our lives that God's asking us to do is to be in contact with the real image of God. The one that's spoken to in the text, the one that we learn about in the Bible, not just the one we construe into our hosh-posh theology, but the one that's truly spoken of through the gospel and the writings that we know. We have to listen to the word of God to see and understand how big our God is, how loving our God is, how wonderful our God is. Let me tell you about this. You see, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Because my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Jesus stresses to the people, you can't walk alone. I grew up in a home that had a a, a massive living room. And along one wall of that living room was this beautiful, long fireplace. It was built in the 70s and so you know how they used to do fireplaces real long on the wall and had this long hearth that we could sit on and it was an arch-shaped fireplace and it had a mantle above it and it was just a beautiful the image is just ingrained in my mind and above that fireplace hung a yoke now it's a wooden calf yoke and it's beautifully it's got it's got old wood and and, and the The neck pieces are still there and the little pins that hold the neck pieces in there. It's all still there. And my great-great-grandfather made it for my great-grandfather to train the calves to pull with. And I don't know if they pulled wagons or if they pulled the plow or what they used the calves for. But what happened was the family barn burned down. But this one piece of loving history was taken from the fire ashes. From the remains, and it hung above my family's fireplace for years. And I always looked at that, and I always admired it. I used to just love to touch it and, and kind of smell it because it kind of still has a, a burnt stench to it, and it's got that rough texture. And, and I was a person who loved the country, and I loved being out in the country, and, and in my civilized home, it was a sense of, of, of the country and adventure. And you know how kids are. There's five of us in our family, and, and you know, when you're growing up and you're in your teenage years and you're thinking about mortality and those things, you all lay claim to something that you're going to get when your parents pass, right? There's some item in your household that you're going to get. Well, beside the fireplace was also my great-great-grandfather's branding iron, JPL, Jesse P. Loving. And 
I told my parents that I wanted the JPL branding iron and I wanted the yoke. And I had no idea how important that yoke would be in my life. But now that yoke has come to mean so much more to me. You see, several years, years ago when my parents were um, cleaning out some, moving to a new house and doing different things, my father gave me that yoke. And he gave me the branding iron. He said, it's yours to do with what you want to. For years in a, in a different church, that yoke hung in my office. And underneath it was the very text of today. Come to me, all of you who are weary. Anybody weary? Watch the news, you'll get weary. If you're a person of spirit, watch the news, you'll get weary. Go walk around society and see what's going on in our world. You'll get weary. And he says, come to me. Come to me. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Let me promise you, this calf yoke is made of oak. And it is not light. And I have to make sure when I hang it on the wall exactly how I hang it, that it's in a stud or, or, it, or it won't stay up on the wall. But Jesus says if we'll come to Jesus and we'll be able to walk in the world, that we'll take our image of God and understand how much greater our image of God is, that we can be yoked to Jesus, Just like when you jump from an airplane, you're yoked to an instructor who knows exactly what to do, even in a case of an emergency. That instructor has you from the time you exit to the time you land. If we as people of God would wake up every morning and breathe deeply the Holy Spirit in our lives and yoke ourselves. I love to look at the yoke because it has these two neck pieces that hang down. And I can just envision two calves, one who's trained and one who's not trained, and they're yoked together, and the trained one kind of drags the other one where he needs to be. Y'all ever feel like that in your relationship with God? That you're yoked to God? And that sometimes in life circumstances, you're trying to do things your way, and God keeps pulling on you and yearning you and, and easing you into the place where you need to be? That's what Jesus wants us to think. Jesus wants us to know that with God, we can get through life that we can land softly on our feet wherever we're going and that God will walk with us. He doesn't say my burden is going to be the high life. He says my burden is easy. Because what he means by that, he doesn't mean we're going to walk through life without any struggles. What he says is you're going to walk through life with God leading you the way. With God training you to walk side by side. With God walking with you in everything you do. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once told his students at his underground seminary, he said, God's intention is to bear us and sustain us, not to teach us and improve us. Do you hear what I said? God's intention is to bear us and sustain us, not to teach us and improve us. See, if we're yoked to Christ, then God walks with us through all that we do and even bears with us in those times when we want to lean on the yoke and go somewhere else. When we want to do something else, when we fight the complete relationship with God, God is still there with us. And God sustains us. When you breathe Holy Spirit, when you breathe Holy Spirit breath, the only thing you can exhale is love and grace. If you're breathing in God, the only thing you can exhale is love and grace. 
If you're breathing in your image of God in selfishness, it's like the mask you're wearing. You'll drown. You'll drown on the, the, the trash that you breathe out in your life, the selfishness that you have and the greed that you have in your life. See, what God did for us was create a yoke that we could all recognize. And it's a much gentler yoke than the yoke that now hang, hangs in my home where I live now. It's a yoke that's shaped like a cross. And it says to us that even unto death, in fact, even after death, God is yoked with us. That God wants to be with us. That God wants to be in relationship with us. That God is willing to meet us even into the cruelty of the death that our Savior went through. God is with us. And even unto the tomb, God is with us. And even into the resurrection and the seating, of the right hand of, of, uh, seating at the right hand of God, God is with us. So we walk through the world each and every day knowing that God is with us and we are yoked not through a restraining form of a calf yoke, but through a freedom of a cross. A freedom that gives us the choice to choose. A freedom that knows that we're not the ones who are nailed to the cross, that our Savior already has been. Our Savior has already been through the stuff that we want to persecute ourselves for. Our Savior has already endured the pain of the nails of the cross. Our Savior has already laid in the grave. Our Savior has already been risen from the dead and has given new life. And that's so that each of us, as we breathe in the Holy Spirit, we can take that old selfish image of God and we can throw it away. And we can allow ourselves to be sustained. And in that sustaining, we'll grow an understanding of who God is. And we'll learn that the cross is a good place to be. And that the burden is light. The burden is easy. And the yoke is light because we're walking through God, walking through life with God. See, once we're yoked with God, our life doesn't really change a whole lot. It doesn't mean all of a sudden we're going to get what we want, when we want, and how we want it. It means that when we face death, it means that when we face sickness, it means that when we face all of the trials and joys and jubilations of the world, we have a Savior who's with us. We have a Savior who enters our mind and a Spirit who speaks to us and, and prompts us in our actions where we become a vessel of love and grace instead of a vessel of selfishness and greed. And that's how we're going to change the world. That's how God's message is going to get out to the world, is that we find our rest in Christ Jesus. We find our rest in knowing that we're yoked through the cross to Jesus. And that in all things, the Spirit goes with us and we experience life exactly as we experience, but it's so much better. Because it's God going with us. It's God walking with us. But the question is, what's your decision? Not only what your image of God is and where God is, but are you going to allow God in your life? I got out of that conversation. And I was driving down the road and man, I was adamant. I'll jump out of that plane. I'll jump out of that plane. I'll jump out of that plane. And then I got to thinking, would I really jump out of that plane? I mean, really, 58 years old, you're going to jump out of a plane? Are you really? So then I did research. And I said that, oh, well, you tandem jump. You go through your little school and you still tandem jump. Six foot four, 250 pounds. You're going to link me to somebody? 
and they're going to keep me from falling fast? Am I really going to jump out of that plane? Same question is for us. Are we ready to rest? Are we ready to give up the burden of selfishness and greed? Are we ready to live in harmony with the spirit that leads and guides us in everything we do and be yoked to the Christ? Are you really ready to trust God to steer your life, to be in charge of what you do and what you say? The question's ours. I hope on this weekend of freedom, you make a choice to allow God to move in your life and to allow yourself to rest from all the weariness by yoking yourself with the God who loves you through the power of the cross and the mercy and grace found in Christ Jesus. This day, let us be people of God who breathe deep the Holy Spirit and who are yoked with the one who made us. Amen and amen.